And so this idea that we don't make money in this industry is completely false, <laughs> completely false. And it's really important to like liberate yourself, I think, from the mindset of you can't make money as an artist. What happens in between is all about the awkward middle phase of entrepreneurship. You know, after you've taken your first steps, but before you can live off your passion. Join me, Athena, as I learn from other emerging creators about the tactical and emotional methods they use to keep moving forward after the initial excitement of following your dreams meets the reality of following your dreams. Let's get into it. Hello, dearies. Welcome to another episode of What Happens in Between. Today, I have with me Alyssa Neff, who is an entrepreneur and designer and who runs The Space MKE. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. It's a good day. I agree. So can you give a little bit of background on yourself and your work? Yes. My name is Alyssa Neff. I am Alyssa the Creative on all social media platforms. I am a fashion designer, a set designer, a creative director, and a fashion or consultant. And I also own The Space MKE, which is a creative studio here in Milwaukee, um, where you can rent out a studio for a couple of hours or come by and have like an art event going on, maybe an open mic, a number of things. So yeah, that's me. I am a jack of all trades in the creative industry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do want to give quick shouts to one of your collections. I guess it's it was more so in December, but I really loved the, I feel like there was a lot of vinyl involved and it was mm -hmm. like brown palette. I loved oh, that. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you. So much. Thank you so much. Yeah, I used um, clear vinyl, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is so interesting because it's like the same exact vinyl that, you know, our grandmothers or aunts <laughs> would have used to cover their sofas, the sofas. back in the day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's actually what I used, this super cheap material at uh, just Walmart. And I saw it and I instantly saw the vision of just like, using that to kind of exemplify, you know, melanin and brown mm -hmm. skin and really having literally <laughs> brown skin be what moves the design. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was floored by it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so I'd love to get into artistry and confidence as a professional. Uh, let me let me be more clear as a money-making professional yeah there we go yes <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me about maybe your first foray into making money uh, directly because of your art or or your artistic work oh okay yeah so that had to be a year after I graduated college so 2017 Mm -hmm. The summer of 2017, I became a face painter at the local zoo here. Mm -hmm. And I made 15 an hour, but we got tips that probably made us go home with like, I don't know, around 200 bucks, like on a weekday, maybe like 500 bucks on the weekends. 
So pretty good money, you know, mm-hmm. for this little part-time job. And um, it was there that really made me understand that there are a lot of jobs that you can get into in the creative industry that you may not necessarily think about, but uh, could make you some serious money and essentially replace your side hustle. Uh, that would be maybe a barista, you know, mm-hmm. at a coffee house or a waitress or a waiter um, at a restaurant, you know, like replacing that with something that is still aligned with your creative spirit but gives you that flexibility that you're looking for and the stability financially. Mm -hmm. So that experience literally expanded my mind into understanding like, okay, just because I went to school for fashion design doesn't mean I have to stick with just that, you know, like I could do fashion illustrations for people that want to start their own brand, or Mm -hmm. I could make patterns for people that want to start their own brand, or I could make wedding dresses for women that want a custom look, but don't necessarily want to pay $15,000, you know? Mm -hmm. And even if I'm doing just one of those per month, I'm pretty much surpassing the income that I would be making at one of these average, like full-time jobs for anywhere from 15 to 20 bucks an hour, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that was really expensive for me about four years ago now. (laughs) Yeah. I love that because I do think that sometimes we can have a narrow view of what people are willing to pay money for. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is, often, I think from the creative's perspective, a disconnect between the value that you can provide and the, the capitalism part of things. Oh where, my God. Where money yeah. can be exchanged. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a perfect synopsis because I think as creatives, as artists, we're so often, you know, put in the category of being the starving artist, you know, Mm -hmm. like we are one of probably the most disrespected professions and trades when it comes to people taking you seriously when you say you're an artist, you know, and it all has everything to do with them associating artistry with you know, poverty, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And um, it's so much further from the truth, especially in the times that we're in, you know, like we're constantly bombarded with media, you know, like I would love to just sit down and think about how many people got paid just for the hour that I sent sifting through my phone, just doing nothing. You know? mm-hmm. But like how many people got paid from the web design to the photographies on the webs um, to like the animation, to the cinematography and videography, you know, to the logos and like the business model, like literally sifting through your phone, you're, you're, you're interacting with probably a hundred different artists at any given point. And so this idea that we don't make money in this industry is completely false, (laughs) completely false. And it's really important to like liberate yourself, I think, from the mindset of you can't make money as an artist, you know, Mm -hmm. that experience four years ago literally taught me that, you know, the head person at the (laughs) face painting (laughs) opportunity was making a hundred bucks an hour. Wow. You know, like yeah. literally making around 70 grand a year just doing face painting. And and she'd travel, you know, when it mm-hmm. got too cold here, she'd go to the south and do face painting at festivals and like just like, like the birds. Yes, yes. 
that was her career. And I was like, wait, what? You're making how much doing what, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that, I mean, that literally was so expansive. I'm like, oh, I have to just open my horizons to what I actually market for myself, you know? Yeah, definitely. So let's translate this to present day. How did you, or how have you gone about, first of all, you know, running the space MKE, Mm -hmm. as well as your own or your independent work as a uh, artistic director? Yeah, so um, that's been about a two-year journey for me to find balance in that. Hmm. So I I just want to preference, you know, my experience with saying that, because I think that far too often we kind of give a timeline but don't really give the time increments mm-hmm. <laughs> that these steps happen and so it can feel really overwhelming when you have a bunch of people just being like you can do it I did this 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 and this but you're not saying that each step took 10 months you know right and so yeah my experience in learning balance for all of my trades has literally been a two-year process One of the biggest things that's helped me is switching out my planner for something called a habit tracker. Mm -hmm. And did you get one of those? I I have, I'm like, I do a bullet journal. Okay, Um, good. So I I like make my own habit tracker, but yes, Yes. it's definitely been more helpful than just a to-do list. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. So yeah, that helped me so much. And I got that like the beginning of, Uh, 2020. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so just being able to see all of my habits very statistically written out, you know, and being accountable to myself for what I was able to handle, you know, and then eventually, after about four months of me tracking my habits, I was able to go back and count every major project I opened versus closed, you Mm -hmm. know, versus just maintained and started to literally look at the numbers of how many big projects I could handle in a month, you know, Mm -hmm. um, versus maintain, which has been very helpful. Um, I, yeah, I just, I think that like the most important habit that I've learned over this last two years is to A, be accountable of yourselves, B, like release yourself of any shame or guilt from what you think that you're not doing and just kind of deal with where you are at, you know? Like I had to really talk with myself. Like I was trying to knock out like 10 major projects a month and Mm -hmm. I was ashamed that I wasn't able to do that. And um, when I was really looking at the numbers, I realized it was only two major projects I could handle per month. And so setting myself up for trying to do four times that many is just going to set myself up for perpetual failure. Like maybe I'll get there one day, (laughs) but right now with no employees, like I absolutely can't. And so being realistic with myself and letting go of that, that, unrealistic expectation which then freed me from like the guilt and shame that I felt for not reaching that and dealing with myself in reality has been so transformative and so so yeah those are the two major things that have really helped me attain the balance that was needed to to juggle like these five trades (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I love that I love that and I see (laughs) an opportunity 
for a really exciting conversation between yeah. uh, creative accountability as mm. and giving yourself grace or, you know, mm. as you were saying, like releasing shame and guilt of what you're not doing and dealing with where you are. So, I mean, this is something that I personally struggle with where I, I want to push myself, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to also figure out how do I do that in a way that accounts for the cyclical nature of energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to get your thoughts on creative accountability because that's one thing that you touched on and yeah. then we can dive into the, the rest. Yes, uh, creative accountability is something that I definitely feel like is necessary for anyone who wants to make this quote-unquote hobby or your passion Uh into a profession as well as your passion. But I also acknowledge that it took me a while to get to that point, you know? For so long, I was just trying to accept myself for wanting to be a creative and like getting comfortable saying you know I'm an artist or I'm a fashion designer or I'm Mm -hmm. a creative director like all these things and giving myself permission to be there I focused on that for so long (laughs) probably all throughout college and then finally I was like okay this is what I am you know and now how do I get there which is when I shifted focus into creative accountability and um My habit journal has helped me be accountable to myself and my projects and my goals. But for me, one of the most major ways that I've created this really healthy habit of just being accountable um, is to my to my friends or like my colleagues. Mm -hmm. That that's been super helpful to me. So um, one of my closest friends in Milwaukee, she also um, owns and operates a creative business here. And so we literally um, have a monthly meeting where we just check in with each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about our goals. We talk about what, you know, we, we could have been stronger on last month, you know, mm-hmm. And just talk with each other about like what our intentions are for the next month coming up and everything. And um, that has helped me so profoundly, like stay on track, but also stay like motivated and inspired as an entrepreneur, (laughs) because this is a hard life at some points. And so, yeah, really. and, And also not only having accountability partners, essentially, but also kind of um, compartmentalizing them. Um, So like having a workout accountability partner and then, you know, having a business accountability partner, maybe having a financial accountability partner and Mm -hmm. um, not, I I know for a long time, I looked for all of those accountability partners in one person. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that just wasn't realistic is what I figured out. And so like having a specific person for each thing has been super helpful for me. Absolutely. So I want to touch on, on the confidence piece again, actually. Mm -hmm. What were some ways that you became confident in, in calling yourself an artist or calling yourself uh, an artistic director? Seeing work that really resonated with me and resonated with like people that I respect. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that has brought me a lot of confidence. Sorry, is that your own work or is that um, work you're seeing? Or is that someone else's work or your work? Oh, that I'm speaking in the confidence aspect? Yes, yes. Yeah, my own work, yes. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, so if if I produce something and I'm like, okay, I really like this, you know, and then I get the affirmation of other creatives that are really grinding in their craft and and that I like their work resonates with me. I just feel incredibly affirmed in that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, this this is really confident Uh, or yeah, this is my most confident. But before that step happened, I really had to get confident in simply saying I'm a fashion designer or I'm a creative director Mm -hmm. Um, because I definitely looked for like the accolades before I did that. And I literally had some friends just remind me like, hey, this is what you are. Like one, like my uh, business accountability partner, um, I, I called myself an entrepreneur a couple of times and she let me slide for those first two times but then the third time I said yeah I'm an entrepreneur and she was like no honey you own a business you have a brick and mortar you're a businesswoman like <laughs> like I need you to say that you know mm-hmm. and so just getting to the place where you you can say it because I think that one thing about being an artist like everyone else well I, I don't want to say everyone else but a lot of other professions you get that degree and it affirms what you are you know you go mm-hmm. you test for the LSAT you go through law school you know you pass the bar you're now a lawyer as soon as you get hired but for artists because a lot of times we're creating our own paths it's kind of weird like giving yourself the title even before you've made the money which supposedly validates you in some way Mm -hmm. and so yeah for for the confidence aspect I really had to get confident in simply verbally stating my title and then right after that I had to get comfortable in putting out my work like consistently or at least semi-consistently Mm-hmm. And then after that came like the outward validation of other people that I respect in the craft that are like, okay, you go girl, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it just created this triad effect of just me feeling very confident, you know, in who I am as a creative. Certainly. Yeah. I think it's really, it definitely, wow. Sorry. <laughs> Just had a little brain fart. <laughs> what you're saying definitely applies to artists, but I also think for beginning and aspiring entrepreneurs, it's mm. a similar thing where it's like, oh, oh, this is this is a side hustle or like this is something I'm interested in, something yeah. I'm trying to do. But eventually we gotta move uh, from this is a side hustle to this is a business that I'm yes. Yes, absolutely. And I will, I'll say that the quickest way I've found to getting from, you know, point A to point B Mm -hmm. is by just flat out claim it from the beginning, you know, Mm -hmm. like, this is what I do. This is who I am. And people will then treat you like that's exactly what you do, you know, and Mm -hmm. it starts opening doors immediately. Because, yeah, I mean, in this in this society we live in, your title carries a lot of weight. You know, people start passing 
a lot of judgments, but like understanding empathy, like there's a lot that goes through someone's mind when you tell them what you do. And if they have use for what your title is, then you just open that door so easily by saying, I'm a fashion designer instead of, well, I went to school for fashion and I got my degree. You know, they carry two very different energies. Absolutely. I love that you said that because you would think you would think that those say the same things. You know, I went to school for fashion design versus I am a fashion designer. It, it is, it is like a, there's a passivity to the first version that would not build credibility in whoever you're talking to. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you said that because literally that's how I used to try to sell myself for so long. Mm -hmm was by being what I thought was humble, but what the potential customer was reading as, you know, doubtful. Like I'm literally sowing seeds of doubt in their mind in terms of my capability. Yeah. Ooh, that, yeah. So going back a little bit to accountability, what, what sort of steps did you, or, or milestones, checkpoints, whatever you might refer to it as, what did you put in place for yourself in order to make sure that your ideas were coming to fruition? You know, making yeah. sure that you, you do get that accountability partner or you do meet with them or even just, I am going to make this vinyl into a collection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 For sure. So setting healthy deadlines, I would say. Mm. (laughs) So like, I always like to come up with like a time frame in my mind in which I can, or in which I think I can get it done Mm -hmm. and then add another half one to it, you know? Mm -hmm. So in my mind, if I'm like, okay, yeah, I could, I could do this project in 30 hours, I'm allocating about 45 hours of my myself to this project. And then I will set the deadline um, for somewhere, you know, roughly around that to give myself that kind of like, okay, for real though, you got to get this done, you know? <laughs> right, like, right. There will be consequences if you don't get this done. And so, um, so yeah, that's pretty much been my, my go-to method for making sure I'm on track. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the phrasing of that also, mm-hmm. because I think healthy deadlines is really, I think the healthy qualifier is really important Yeah, uh, and can be often overlooked where sometimes we set arbitrary deadlines just to create urgency in ourselves. And that can work sometimes, but it's not a hundred percent effective. For sure. Absolutely. But I do like, okay, how long do I think this will take? And then just add on 50% more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And give yourself that grace period. Um, and then the longer you're doing it, the more accurate you'll be with that time phrase. But you're mm-hmm. just still giving yourself that grace to like be human, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love that. I think I, I want more grace in this world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. 
Yeah. I've definitely over the last um, year been focusing on how to give that grace to myself, you know? And then I found that it's overflowed into like each relationship that I've had, you know, just like, okay, stuff happens. And you know that everyone living on this planet knows that, you know, mm-hmm. like, okay, now, now what are we going to do with this knowledge? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, cacao. Now it's time for the seedling round where short questions lead to tasty answers. Ooh. What is driving growth for you right now? My next move. Um, Mm -hmm. So right now, I really want to start traveling um, to a different city per month, but also have built up my merchandise and inventory so that I can literally function my businesses from anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. So that has been propelling me to to reach the goals that I've literally dreamed about for the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. What are your top tips for building confidence or cultivating a a confident mindset as a money-making professional artist? Ooh, yes. Okay. I would say first, Change literally all of your social media titles or what you're going to allocate as your business fronts to say exactly what you do in your title and then start marketing like you're literally already that. Mm -hmm. Um, Make sure you get on some sort of routine to push out content or if that's, you know, not really what you do, then push out whatever project is going to perpetuate you to the next step, you know? So just get on, like literally if it's once a month, once a quarter, once a year, just make sure it's somewhere built into your routine, your schedule. And then I would say, I would say, you know, network, Hmm. network. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, It's even if you aren't to the point where you know exactly what you want to do, just the confidence of meeting, you know, other human beings that are doing what they want to do and figuring it out and getting confident in, in your voice and in yourself and in your ability to essentially accomplish whatever you want to do, like that'll carry you so far. So when you said earlier, uh, changing all the titles to what you do, Does that also extend to what you want to do if you're not yet doing it? I would say if you're ready for the opportunities to start coming your way, yes. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, no. Hmm. And how do you measure time? Oh, (laughs) this is such a tricky one. Because I literally feel like 2020 lasted forever and like went away in a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I measure time? I, I think I would be somewhere in the middle of feeling time and like visually <laughs> seeing how time is calculated by, you know, the rest of our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> like I like to build into, you know, society's version of time calculation, my my own little slices of peace you know like Mondays I literally unplug and do nothing and just like let the day do whatever it it wants to do and um 
And it's, it's been, it's been super rewarding, especially having that, that slice of like my time in accordance with like Tuesday through Sunday being very uh, regimented, you know, and scheduled. (laughs) Absolutely. Cacao, that ends the seedling round. What is your greatest ambition? Oh, um, my greatest ambition is to be retired by 45. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like and as I approach 30, I'm like, okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say move that deadline up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Ooh, I feel that in my soul. Mm-hmm. And what is the question of the week? Did you take a chance today? Mm. Did you take a chance? Did you take a chance? Yep. Awesome. Thank you so much. So how can people connect with you? Yeah, so you guys can find me. My name is Alyssa Neff. So if you Google that, you'll be able to find me literally on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook, or creatively. Uh, I just downloaded that app, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. I've never heard of that. Is this new new social? Yes. So yes, you should get it. Um, it's uh, literally like a platform that's almost synonymous with LinkedIn, but for creative the creative industry. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you can connect with other people, network with other artists, um, post a job in there, seek jobs that are in the creative industry. That's all awesome. that good stuff. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the show. This was great. Filled with a lot of a lot of gems I'm going to need to sit on. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Athena. This was awesome. I'm glad we got another chance to talk. Yeah, me too. So thanks, guys, for listening. If you liked the episode, you already know what you can do. You can subscribe, you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts. You can share it with a friend. Uh, be sure to connect with me at what happens in between, spelled exactly like how it sounds, on Instagram. And you can also sign up for the newsletter, which is linked below. Have a good week, guys. 